Okay. All right, we're back uh, for a little uh, Dharma talk and then uh, Zazen. <coughs> you can sit Zazen during the Dharma talk or just sit and listen, but uh, try to keep, uh, shall we say, Zazen mind, even if you're, you're not sitting in the, uh, on the Zafu, on the lotus position, just listening, just keep your mind clear. Um, these are some comments that are traditionally attributed to Master Bodhidharma. So I'm going to uh, recite the verse to uh, open uh, the sutras uh, today, uh, just to be re uh, respectful of that. Okay. We say it three times. Precepts are uh, attributed traditionally to Master Bodhidharma. Um, I've actually been looking for the source of these. I was looking this morning. They come immediately from uh, Master uh, Aitken's uh, Mind of Clover that we're reading for our uh, Jukai precepts uh, study. And uh, this is his tradition, translation we'll be using. Uh, today. Since it is uh, the comments by Master Bodhidharma, I thought we would uh, invite the old boy. Let me see if I can get him in, in here to join us today. There he is. There he is. Let me see. I'll move him over a little more. There he is. Oh, that's. Looks kind of like a. 
kind of scary there, Master Bodhidharma, on the camera, but uh, this is a, a statue of uh, Master Bodhidharma that survived the earthquake we had here. It actually broke into about uh, uh, five uh, different pieces, and I was able to move Master Bodhidharma back together, so we're very glad to still have him with us. And that leads to our subject today, which is another way to look at the precepts. You know, at the beginning of our uh, Zazenkai, um, each month we chant the harmony of relative and absolute, which reminds us that uh, this life has several ways of experiencing it that seem perhaps to be very, very different, but really are always together and the same. One is this world of the relative of me and you and this and that and the past and the future and the things we like and the things we don't and the things we worry about and the things we love etc 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 a world of earthquakes and broken statues and then there is this something something this wonderful dance that we taste in our Zen practice of the Absolute, which is where all that comes together, holding this and that beyond this and that, you and me beyond you and me, wholeness. This is the world of the Buddha that we taste on the Zafu. the uh, identity of relative and absolute tells us that the relative fits the absolute as a box and its lid. That's how intimate they are. That's how much they go together. The absolute meets the relative like two arrow points that touch in mid-air. Light and darkness, one standing for the relative, one standing for the absolute are not one, not two, like the foot before and the foot behind in walking. That's how intimate this is. So when we study the precepts, we, we study don't steal, don't kill, in kind of this relative world. Don't be greedy, don't be angry, don't uh, take things that you do not need in excess. Uh, don't abuse others. But then there's this absolute way of experiencing the precepts that is very, very, very much also at the heart of what we practice here. So it's important to, to talk about that today, that there is no one to kill, no one to be killed, no possible way to snatch and take away something, nothing lacking, nothing to be greedy for. It's so important to taste. So what does Master Bodhidharma said on the first of the Bodhisattva precepts. Bodhidharma said, self-nature is subtle and mysterious in the realm of the everlasting Dharma. Not giving rise to concepts of killing is called the precept of not killing. In this something, this self-nature, Buddha-nature, 
the real self, the true self that is subtle and mysterious, when you do not give rise to concepts of killing, when you do not think that there is a me who is angry and a you I am angry at, when you do not think that there is a weapon or a rock in my hand or a knife, uh, when you do not think of even life and death, how can there be killing? When you do not even think of beginnings and ends, how can there be death? How can there be birth? This absolute perspective is at the heart of our practice. And it's also very dangerous, which is why if we just lived by this absolute perspective, we could not live in this world. And not only that, it might be very harmful. Let me explain. From one perspective, simultaneously true, as I always say, there is no damage that can be done. There is no one to kill. But if you then say, oh, for that reason, it's okay to just kill anyone. It doesn't mean anything. You misunderstand. In the absolute perspective, there is no one to be angry, no one or thing to be angry at. But if you then take that to say, oh, okay, then I might as well be angry. You misunderstand. Because the anger divides us objectifying some other person that you want to kill separates us. In order to taste this wholeness where nothing can be killed, where nothing is worth getting angry about or can be angry, you must drop the anger in this world too. That's why the Buddha always taught dropping greed, anger, and ignorance. Ignorance is usually dividing thoughts. Dividing thoughts is ignorance. Not seeing emptiness, the wholeness of all things. But if you say, no one can be killed, I might as well just kill anyone. You ser seriously understand, misunderstand. And the same with the next precept. Bodhidharma said, self-nature is subtle and mysterious in the realm of the unattainable dharma, not having thoughts of gaining is called the precept of not stealing. If up here in the noodle you drop all thoughts of something lacking, some object to take, some me who wants to take it, some lack, some hole within me, that I'm going to steal something that was not given to me, if you drop all that, there is never possibly anything to steal because there's never possibly anything separate or missing. But again, if you take that to say, oh, there is no stealing, I might as well steal anything, take what I want, you misunderstand because the thoughts of taking, the objectifying of the, the things you want, the feeling of lack inside, 
is what divides us. By saying there's nothing lacking, the whole is filled. By saying that it is uh, nothing missing, nothing in need of stealing. You can taste this realm where nothing is lacking, nothing can be stolen, there's nobody to steal. How do we do this? Zazen. When we sit on the Zafu, dropping thoughts of this and that, me and you, anything missing, anything incomplete, then we taste this Buddha realm. Next, Master Bodhidharma says, self-nature is subtle and mysterious. In the realm of the ungilded Dharma, not creating a veneer of attachment is called the precept of not misusing sex. Again, in this realm, you cannot grab someone. You cannot be attached to things and, and clutch them because there are no separate things nothing lacking, nothing you need. There is no separate person that you can treat as a sex object. Again, remember, all these perspectives are simultaneously true. Of course, we're still living in this world where we need to eat, have families reproduce, where boy loves girl, meets girl, girl meets boy. That's fine. Both of these things are true as once. We have the precept in this world. Don't misuse sexuality. Don't hurt other people. Don't be an angry, greedy, attached guy or gal in this world. And at the same time, we also have this perspective where it's all whole. There is nothing lacking, nothing to be attached to. We just let it go. You see, you need all of these perspectives in Zen practice at once to make the whole picture. Number four, Bodhidharma said, self-nature is subtle and mysterious in the realm of the inexplicable dharma. Not preaching a single word is called the precept of not lying. In the great silence, beyond words of this and that, the truth or untruth, me and you, dropping all those words away, how can you lie if there are no words? In the silence, how can you lie? It's all the absolute truth the truth beyond truth, how can there possibly be a lie? Bodhidharma said, self-nature is subtle and mysterious. In the realm of the intrinsically pure Dharma, not giving rise to delusions is called the precept of not giving or taking drugs or misusing intoxicants. We often take drugs or intoxicants because something again is lacking. We want to fill it, we want to change it, we want to turn our sadness into happiness. But in this pure dharma where we don't fall trapped to the mind games and just let it all go, how can we want to intoxicate ourselves? Bodhidharma said self-nature is subtle and mysterious in the realm of the flawless dharma, not expounding upon error is called the precept of not speaking of the faults of others. In this world there are many imperfections, many imperfect people. I am imperfect, you are imperfect. But in this realm where we see that everything is just as it is, 
nothing lacking, nothing to add, nothing to take away, nothing to change, constantly changing, but just always what it is. How can we say anything is flawed? It's like a, a diamond that is perhaps flawed from human eyes, or a statue like the Venus de Milo that's missing its arms so it's flawed, or like this kind of scary-looking Bodhidharma here. Perhaps it's kind of flawed, but then again it is just what it is. Venus de Milo, she would be flawed with her arms. Without her arms, she's just perfectly what she is. Bodhidharma said, self-nature is so mysterious. In the realm of the equitable dharma, not dwelling on I against you is called the precept of not praising yourself while abusing others. This goes hand in hand with not seeing the fault of the others, not saying how great I am compared to the other guy, how bad the other guy is compared to me. We all are in this great dance together, the great ballet. We all dance it together. And I'm just... nothing lacking. How can I say there is a fault, something missing? How can I praise myself and belittle you? Bodhidharma said, self-nature is subtle and mysterious in the genuine all-pervading Dharma. Not being stingy about a single thing is called the precept of not sparing the Dharma assets. This is about teaching the Buddha, teaching about the Dharma, living the Dharma, don't be stingy with things. Don't be greedy. And give. Give teachings. Give a helping hand to other people. Give some money to those in need. Do not be stingy. Yet in the Dharma realm, at the same time, there's nothing that is not given because it is already there. It's like the presence you've already received. This that is not lacking where everything is complete, where there is no one to give a gift and no one to receive it and no gift to be given or which needs be given because all is so whole and complete. This is the precept of giving. So in this world we give, we be generous, we're not attached and at the same time we taste this realm where everything is already given, nothing lacking. See how this works? Number nine, Bodhidharma said, self-nature is subtle and mysterious in the realm of the selfless dharma. Not contriving reality for the self is called the precepts of not indulging in anger. In anger we make enemies here. We, we think that this guy is bad. He's got something I want. He's done some wrong for me. But in this other way of looking at the world, there's no wrong that can be done. There's nothing lacking. There's nothing missing. There's nothing that needs to be added. There's no guy over there I'm mad at. There's no country over there that's my enemy. There's no country that I live in that's separate from the rest of the world. It's all whole. It's all together. It's all the one big world reality. And for that reason, there is not possible to indulge in anger. Bodhisattva said, Bodhidharma said, Self-nature is subtle and mysterious. In the realm of the one, not holding dualistic concepts of ordinary beings and sages, 
is called the precept of not defaming the three treasures. We honor Buddha Dharma Sangha, but we are Buddha Dharma Sangha too when we realize this Buddha realm. There is no dualistic division of ordinary beings and sages, of Buddhas and sentient beings when we taste this Buddha realm of nothing lacking and no division and everything just as it is and everything complete and whole and no you and no me then we too are tasting, living, realizing Buddha in this world. When we taste the precepts from all these ways, practically here in life you must be free of greed, don't misuse sexuality, don't engage in excessive intoxicants, uh, don't be a person of anger, don't be a person who's always egotistical and belittling others, and etc. This is a good and whole way to live. It's a way that keeps the mind clear, that keeps life simple and open. But at the same time, in our Mahayana way of seeing the precepts, we also taste this other realm where nothing is lacking and nothing needs to be added and everything is whole and everything is just as it is and there is no me to be angry and no you to be angry at there are no countries what did John Lennon say imagine there's no countries you know okay I think that's enough let's sit uh, Zazen for uh, a few minutes and then we will uh, walk some kinhin okay
Kilit.
Zazen We're going to go off the air for a moment. Uh, I have to uh, restart the uh, netcast.